0: And welcome back to the Simplicity Diaries. This week I've been thinking a little bit more uh, as I move around the farm up here on the mountaintop where we live, of um how often we're pulled into um, disputes with our kids and how how we can avoid um being um being drawn into one side or another. And how we can avoid, you know, therefore taking sides. I look at this as a simple matter of recruitment. Kids, when they're arguing, are trying to recruit us. They're trying to recruit the, the power in the room, and that is us. <laughs> you know, even though we don't feel very powerful when they're fighting like this, uh, more frustrated, more likely, but to be able to understand that we are the power source in in the in the room in the house at the time and that the kids will try very very hard to recruit us over to their side and um and it can become increasingly escalated and it can cause their stories to become exaggerated so so one kid will say something and the other will say, that is such a lie, that is not. And the other one will say, it is not. And the, the first one will say, well, yeah, if you think that was bad, you should have seen what happened before that, mum. You should have, and, <laughs> oh, man, you know, and you're standing there thinking, this is not how this is meant to go, you know. Um, because the more we um, are recruitable, the more they'll try and up the ante of their story and then the more frustrated they'll become with each other. And so the, the, the situation escalates and escalates because they both know, um, or all two or three or however many kids know that, um, that that really wasn't the way it happened at all and they're exaggerating and they get really frustrated with each other and, it, and in the end it can end with us just you know losing our call cool and just shouting at them to stop you know stop shouting at each other you say as you shout <laughs> so what to do how, how does one get around this for years and years I've been working with my own kids and with others um, to untangle this, this kind of a mess. And the, the, um, the main way I've found through this after sort of trying this and that and this and that is to understand that um, there is a quality to taking perspectives that can ease the situation and to coach kids up to be able to listen to each other's perspectives. You know, doing this um, is, is not just about arguing. Um, do it, building up perspectives is a human quality. And imagine how different the world would be if we saw something as as a different perspective rather than an opposing opinion. You know, the world would be such a different place And we can begin to make the world a different place in our own tiny way with the way we handle sibling arguments in our home. Now, more specifically, what I mean by this is that we become... we coach the kids up to become inquisitive rather than accusative. And what I mean by this is that when kids are arguing... Um, one of the first things, and I've, I've tried various ways around this, but one of the first things um, that often occurs to us is get the kids together and get this sorted out. And actually studies show, um, social science studies show, that that, that actually um, is one of the, the, the lesser effective ways of dealing with kids who are fighting and arguing. Um, It's not ineffective and it can work sometimes but the most effective, this is in a study done by Ken Rigby, R-I-G-B-Y, Ken Rigby from the University of South Australia. He found um, that the most effective way to work out um, conflicts between kids is actually to talk to the kids individually. So step one, talk to them separately. But no, now I'm um, I'm actually um, morphing this into another study also that I um, that I read. Um, um, know that whoever you talk to first, you have a seventy percent greater chance of believing, and that's big. So whoever you talk to first, make sure you you keep some space within you for the second story and and assure the kids that whoever you listen to first um it doesn't make any difference whatsoever to you and change it round who you listen to first because they'll be keen initially when you if you do start doing this to be the one speaking first speak to one speak to the other and just assure them that you're interested in their perspective that their perspective is their perspective. And just say to them things like, just tell me the way you see it. Um, tell, me, tell me what happened uh, the way you see it. And right from the get-go, say to them, and you know what, your brother or your sister is going very likely to see parts of the story differently to you, and that's okay. It's perfectly okay in our family, in fact. That's good because we just don't want one way of seeing everything. You know, we see things differently. We are different people. We have different feelings. We're going to see it differently. So tell me the way you see it. Not tell me what happened. That's a deadly question to ask (laughs) because that then leads back to recruitment, right? But tell me the way you see it. I know that sounds like a subtle shift, but it's a trajectory change. Um, that in time uh, leads to a much more socially and emotionally switched on kid. Any kind of child, any kind of teenager that can, that can understand that there are differing perspectives and accept them, that's really high on the emotional intelligence quadrant, on the EQ. Uh, Daniel Goleman writes about this in his book Emotional Intelligence is this ability to accept other people's uh, perspectives. In Stephen Covey's book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, I believe it's called, he also lists that very high in being an effective person, as being able to accept other people's perspectives. So, you know, every which way round we look at this, we're basically using our kids' arguments as an opportunity to actually grow a human quality, which you know, I know, and arguments aren't um, are enjoyable, but if we can switch our way of seeing it to to uh, for ourselves as parents to see this as okay, here's it's this is tricky. I wish this wasn't happening, but you know, got to deal with it. So why not deal with it in a way that grows our kids' capacities rather than just sort of shuts them down and makes them sullen and walk away and end up actually hating you because you won't be recruited, right? So, and you, it's, uh, um, and if, you, or you're believing her and not believing me, you know, is what I mean by that. Now, after you listen to the two kids stories, when um, the, the crucial piece in this is another key word of truce is to say to them, look, guys, I'm going to hear both your stories now. Uh, I want to hear them separately. I want to hear your perspectives. I want to hear how you're seeing it. But we must have truce. Now, I've spoken to you about truce before, because, you know, this is a key thing to set this up. Truce is, you know, it's what athletes in the ancient Olympics would do. Um, In order to get to the Olympiad, they would have to declare... All around the, the Hellenic culture, all around Greece and, and further afield, they would all call truce to their, to their wars and, and um, conflicts uh, in the time of the Olympiad. And it was felt that, um, that this was of great honor and great strength. You had to be very, very strong to call truce. And um, that truce was seldom ever broken. I think it's good to talk to kids about truce. Talk to them about it when they're in good shape, not not in the heat of an argument. And talk to them about how you're going to be, you know, from here on in, when there's trouble, you're going to be listening to the way they see it, separately, but there has to be truce um, while you're doing it. There has to be truce. They can't be sniping at each other from the other room. And, you know, to say to kids, do you have the strength to to... to To call a truce. Because it's a really strong thing to do. It's not a weak thing at all. It's got nothing to do with losing. It's got to do with. We're having truce. While we work this out. Okay so the first thing again. Separate the two kids. Um, Assure them. That um, their perspective is valued. But will be different to their brother or sister. Listen to both stories. But. Prior to that call a truce and have the kids agree to it. Um, the only way they'll lose your support is if they if they continually break the truce. And that's that's very compelling. It, you know, they'll lose your support because that's what they're trying to get, right? Remember? Okay, now bring the kids back together again and do um, a, a perspective summary. In other words, just say, okay, I've heard um, some things that are different and some things that are the same. Here's the things that are the same. And just say them. And here are the things that are different. And what I'm going to do now is is ask you each to say one thing that you take responsibility for and you get to make one request from your brother or sister. Okay, now so that we're going to start this because I listened to you first Jacob Um, you get to go first in this it evens the field actually because now he's got to go first in saying this because you heard him first is to say Jacob one thing you take responsibility for in the argument and one request you get to make of your sister and he does it, and it's remarkable how they can do this. Very, this very sweet, actually. And they'll often not go for the real big thing. They'll they'll say stuff like, "Well, I know I shouldn't have like thrown the ball away, but I just okay." So that's what you take responsibility for. Yeah. Okay. So what's your request of of um of Miguel? Well. My request is that the rules don't always change because maybe, and if they do, then we just stop and figure it out because Jacob is a a kid who likes to deal with things methodically and Miguel is a kid who moves too quick for for, for Jacob, right? There's the problem. Often blows up. Um, So then to turn to Miguel and say, okay, Miguel, one thing you take responsibility for and one request that you make of your brother or sister. So, and then say, okay, good. Now, do you guys need to, and here's the fourth and last step, do you guys need to continue truce or are you okay to, to be together again? And that's a very real question because sometimes it is important to to continue on the truce um, and just play separately uh, for the next wee while or sometimes they're good to go um, and that's you know that, that's as it is um, and then after an argument like this it's sometimes really wise to not just let the kids loose but to say guys I think we're good now but um, uh, where where you're going to hang out or where you're going to play if they're little um, maybe just play around here for a while I want to be just around in case anything blows up again because one of the again research i'm leaning into ken rigby's research one of the problems is when kids pro- when kids pro- actually problem solve themselves is that if you loose them out of your proximal sight and out of eye shot and earshot too quickly if the problem reoccurs it can escalate very quickly and then you then you're back to it's like a game of behavioral snakes and ladders You know, then you're right back to the start again. Whereas, let's say Jacob starts up and he needles um, Miguel again. You can say, "Hey, Jacob, I think we've got to go back to truce." Uh, You kind of it was great. You handled things pretty well before, but maybe we're not ready. Come, uh, you know, and then yeah, and step in. And but to step in, you got to hear it, right? You got to you got to be around. So I know. This, this, this process, um, it sounds, it sounds um, weird to say that our kids' disputes and the way we handle them can lead them to have better human qualities but, and to almost welcome the dispute. But um, it's, I've, I've seen over and over kids who are raised in a house from the youngest of age where, where they're taught that perspectives are valued, um, and even if the perspective they share is is um, really close to not being true, if the child is believed and feels safe, then they'll very quickly um, kind of unwind and get closer to the truth. And then you believe them again and you just listen to their perspective. It's not that you're buying into it, just you're listening to their perspective. And I've found you know, countless numbers of times, I want to say thousands, I don't know how many it is, times when I listen to a kid who's being really edgy with the truth when I'm listening to their perspective and I say, wow, that sounds really hard. That sounds like that was a hard thing. And he says, well, yeah, but, well, I mean, I might have just thrown, like, the ball away and then kind of kicked out at someone, but I didn't mean to because I was mad. Now, If you had affronted him and said, now, I think there was something very serious that happened, young man, he's going to defend his position. He's going to totally defend it and swear that he didn't kick out at anyone. But through the gentle process of just being able to say, share your perspective as you see it right now as best you can with the emotional state you're in, as kids feel safe, they actually come closer to you and closer to the truth And closer to each other. I sure hope this has been uh, helpful. Okay, that's it for now. Thanks. Bye bye.